Gabagool. Gabagoogoo Gaga. Ashton Zach are super smart. They went to college and learned a bunch of stuff. And Bo and Andrew didn't go to college because that's the way life goes sometimes. What happens when you put them together and you try to make them learn? Grab your friends, let's listen together on Get Dumped On an Info Dump Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Get Dumped On, an Infodump podcast. This is a podcast where we sit around, we talk about stuff, we learn stuff, we laugh at stuff. It's generally a good time. I'm Ash. I am joined here, as always, by, with Andrew and Bo. Can you please say hello to our guests and our listeners? Hello to our guests and our listeners. My name is Andrew. Hello, listeners and guests. I'm Andrew. That was Bo. <laughs> and dumping on us today is going to be the other one you heard in the theme song. Ah, it's Zach. Get him, Zach. Hey, it's me. I'm Zach. Um, that's who Look I am, and I'm here Look to talk to you today. <laughs> listen, listen to him. Listen to him go. Listen to him. Yeah, listen to me go. I am going to be dumping today on uh, some cool sites. This is going to be a series that I'm going to be doing when I have run out of time to prepare something else. And cool so I'm sites? going to be, yeah, cool sites, like archaeological sites. Like I'm going to reduce archaeology down to its basest form of just here's a cool place where cool stuff happened and i'm going to tell you when people lived there what they did there and what they built what did they build so they could do that stuff slash how do we know what they did there all right i'm done so i'm going to be talking about sites in the andes of south america which is the area that i'm most familiar with so i wrote a lot of this from memory and looking at some of the gigabytes and gigabytes of articles that are on my uh, computer. So the Andes was famously known as a group of dudes named Andy. Yes. And Do you, they, is that insider info that you're giving us right now? Yeah, that was, that's so in, in history. That's, it happened in uh, the late 17th century. Uh, uh, just a gaggle of Andes happened upon each other, and then, <laughs> then that's what it is. Yes. Uh, but in reality, or rather in this context, the hey, Andes are. <laughs> <laughs> in this context, the Andes are the longest mountain range in the world. They are in South America and about 9,000 kilometers long, or 5,500 miles, 125 to 435 miles wide, and at an average height of about 1,300 feet. So this is extends in from South America through Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Chile, and Argentina. The Andean cultural region is kind of more specifically referred to as like the Central Andean region, but we'll just call it the Andean region. But it's a essentially the group of people living in the space from the western slope of the Andes down to the coast of Peru. Once again, they're all named Andy. They're all named Andy. And that's yeah. why they call it the Andes. That's why I was going to get to that, but you interrupted me. It's a really exactly. small sliver, well, relatively small, right, from the, the Andes to the coast? Pretty much, yeah. And it's a really densely populated or just, like, densely interesting cultural area. It's one of the, like, cradles of civilization where, like, it's, it's said that, like, civilization originated independently, sort of like the, the Mesopotamia of South America. Ooh. And if it's anybody got a really out there, history. Sorry, if anybody out there needs reference, because you said that the the Andes were five thousand five hundred miles long. Yeah, the United States is only like two thousand eight hundred miles long. So that's really long. Mm -hmm. Very long mountain range. So for Pretty the dumb area. people in this podcast, aka me and Bo, 
Mm-hmm. What would you like explain the Andes to a five-year-old? It really long mountain range. <laughs> yeah, it's a very long mountain range. Very Can you high do it in up. Baby speak. The Andes show a very, <laughs> very long mountain range. Uh, they go from uh, from Ecuador all the way down to Chile, um, and they're very, very high. Now do the whole. Great. Now do the I whole, learned a lot. Do the whole podcast like that, please. No. You want please. to listen to that, Bo? I, I want you to say that you want to hear Zach listen to the baby voice for an hour. We'll do a director's cut. I, I want yeah, to we'll, listen we'll to Zach do a baby voice for an hour. It'll be like the yeah, you know, like when when they release DVDs, they always have that director's cut thing. So we'll do a director's cut version of this, where Zach does every oh, single God. podcast in, in baby speak. Every podcast, oh my God. everyone. I don't here, see. Here's the problem: is that I don't want to do that. I don't wanna. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Dance, monkey, dance. Entertain. Baby, no likey. So the the eastern slopes of the Andes go pretty much are where the Amazon jungle starts. Um, which then goes through the eastern half of Peru, through Brazil, to the Atlantic coast. And the that's like the Amazonian cultural area, whereas the Andean cultural region is the western slope of the Andes down to the Pacific coast, which is largely deserts instead of like jungles. So you've got like this really kind of stark contrast in environments between the jungle uh, on the eastern half and the the deserts on the western in half. the jungle the andes jungle the jaguar sleeps tonight it's also desert at some point <laughs> the portion of the amazon that's in the andes is called the ceja de selva which is called the which is the eyebrow because there's this like the clouds it, the, basically the andes are so high that on the eastern half the clouds that are created by the humidity and the jungle kind of create this extra band of vegetation that's like partway up the mountains and so you've got this vegetation where the jungle is then you've got this break where there's no vegetation and then you've got a bunch more vegetation again because of the humidity from the clouds above the jungle and i think that that's kind of cool dude how many mosquitoes are on that goddamn mountain so many and what's great about doing (laughs) um, archaeology what's great about doing archaeology in some of the spots where i have done done it is that i've worked above the tree line which also means working above the insect line and so i was working in a spot yeah there's basically like one of the sites that i was digging at was at like 12 to thirteen thousand feet above sea level and there was no bugs there were basically like no mosquitoes i'm moving there fucking now because i'm being eaten alive this summer (laughs) it was pretty sweet i would also i would not recommend it just because of the thinness of the air made it hard to breathe sometimes. You probably and I got a lot of headaches after after a while. Or you yeah. would it would make you like that's what that's what um, professional athletes do is they go to high high altitude yeah. places to, to train. So it would make you a better, more evolved human. Yeah, pretty Therefore, much better that's, than everyone else. That's what I'm hearing, dude. When I when, when, when I came, came back, back from some of these field bugs. seasons, I was so fucking beef. The bugs are gonna be I, running. Yeah, you'd be like, "Give me a bug," and you're just gonna punch him in the face. <laughs> I'll punch a mosquito. The, the first site that I wanted to talk about, so I'm going to talk about three sites, which I wrote about. There's uh, Chavin de Wantar, there's Huacas de Moche, and then I'm going to talk about Machu Picchu. Oh, two of those sound like drinks that you would get at like, <laughs> a, sh- at like a tiki bar. They all kind of do. I mean, you could just say anything in like South American language and you're like, oh yeah. And they're like, oh That's yeah, a here's a pineapple. Drink. There mm-hmm. you go. <laughs> I, we could talk about like the beginnings of people in South America, but that's like a whole situation and debate. And 
the, it's what, like, like if the they people exist in, or something. Well, no, no just the like timeline how is hotly debated. Yeah, the, oh. the, the timeline the of when when people first <laughs> entered South America and like started sort of society there. And right now, there's a lot of really interesting stuff uh, that's kind of rethinking how the Americas were populated in the first place. That is probably would be an entire episode on its own. So I'm not really going to touch on it that much. So instead, we're going to fast. But we'll forward. touch on it later on. We'll get Bo's final oh, thoughts on I'll, that. I'll, t- yeah. I'll touch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so we're just going to skip forward to 1200 BC, which you mean is BCE. Called... You shamed me yeah. for that once. I know. I'm sorry. That was my bad. <laughs> no, this, that's, ah, against, that's payback. So you're a hypocrite. That's, Thank that's, you for correcting that, me. That's karma. Ah, so Zach, I'm not everyone, a hypocrite. I just everyone, make mistakes. Zach is a hypocrite. Everyone makes mistakes. But everyone's not a hypocrite like you are. Yeah. Especially mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. I hate guys. Like mosquitoes, mosquitoes, man. Yeah. All right, take, what do you got, Zach? What do you got for us? So 1200 BCE, um, which in Andean, like the the sort of like history of the Andes is referred to as the early horizon period. So basically the like the history of um, Andean culture or Andean cultures are broken up into this like system of horizons and intermediates. And each there's uh, the early horizon. There's the early intermediate. Then there's the middle horizon, then the late intermediate, and then the late horizon. And so basically during each horizon period, there's some sort of like grand cultural complex that's kind of expressing a lot of influence over a large portion of the area. Then during the intermediates, then that basically that 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 culture kind of collapses for whatever reason or loses its influence. And then the intermediate is when there's a lot of like separate polities and groups just kind of doing their own thing and then another big group will come into power and take over a bunch of places and then there's going to be another horizon and then there's an intermediate and then etc cetera, etc cetera. so so don't forget about also the vertical horizon which was a band from the 90s that was they from have the everything you want <laughs> everything you need and everything you need yeah exactly. <laughs> and everything inside of you that you think you should be that's a, um, God, i'm gonna listen to that now that's a great fucking album all right keep going <laughs> So the early horizon is characterized by the by this cultural group called the Chavin group. And it's one of the first really like influential culture groups in the Andes, which is why it is what kind of signifies the early horizon. And we see their art style and artifacts radiating out from this site called Chavin de Huantar, then down to the Pacific coast and up and down the coast that way. And so Chavin de Huantar is in the mountains kind of right at the right at the the middle of the of the mountains 160 i think 160 to 200 miles north of lima um what is now lima and so it's kind of like right sort of in the middle of peru look it up on a map you'll you'll i i don't know how to describe it without just saying look it up on a map you're smart you can figure it out i'm looking at maps right now <laughs> it's probably like the first state in the the andes the first thing that you could define as a state at this point, people had been living in agro-pastoral communities for a couple of thousand years, mostly smaller villages and communities with a reasonable amount of movement. Um, they didn't like stay in one place. They had you know, a town where they lived, but they would be moving between towns uh, temporarily and up and down the mountains, um, especially among people in the highlands. So the Andes Mountains are a pretty steep peak, and so people had to adapt to a very vertical lifestyle because you've got a lot of agricultural zones depending to on the altitudes and they're all very vertically oriented and kind of small. Wait, this, a concept this thing that's runs called, from literally the top all the way to the bottom? What, the Andes? Yeah. 
Yeah, they're long as Holy shit, dude. That's shit. what we were talking about. Miles. Yeah. yeah. I, like, didn't, I didn't know it was like straight up the States. top to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. It's a I'm looking at a map right now. Hey, yo, maps are cool. Maps are really cool. <laughs> you told me to look up a map, cool. and now I can see them. Hey, everyone, and if so you're if listening you look, to this, especially if you're driving, look up a map. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Everyone, while you're driving, so you take out see... your phone. Google map <laughs> real quick. <laughs> no, no, no. Pull out the Thomas guides that your dad left in the back of your trunk when you were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be going somewhere. And he's like, he gave you a present, and you're like, you didn't know that Google Maps existed yet. So there's a map in the back of some people's car right now. And, Pull those out and look at the end. Good on you for keeping that map and like in front of, and for your father's memory. Like uh, the fact that you yeah, still yeah, have yeah. a lot of it's map. Co- it could come in handy. You never know. Mm-hmm. Like you could be in a place where there's no GPS signal in the Andes Mountains, and you'd be like, oh, crap, I can drive out of here. Then you go, maybe not. It's too good, steep. Mm-hmm. Good thing I have this map of Arizona. <laughs> Grand Canyon, Andy's the roads definitely haven't changed since 1986. Yeah. So the the concept of the vertical archipelago is basically the altitude divides the living space into these sort of arable zones where you can grow different things, and so you have to be people would constantly be moving between these different, basically like livable zones in along the the slopes. Um, so like the lowest zones, you could grow corn. The next highest zone up, you could grow potatoes and quinoa. Then the next highest zone is where like llamas and alpacas and vicuñas and guanacos were native to. And so that's where they would do most of their like they would put them out to pasture and like that's where they would like breed them and like do all of that sort of stuff. Um, And then the highest zones are where tobacco and coca leaf would grow. And so like the pastoralists would have these just massive trains of llamas that they would um, essentially go up and down the mountains and they would like, you know, go here, work on your potatoes and quinoa, you know, harvest what's available and plant what's left. It's pronounced quinoa. Thank you very much. <laughs> if you could use the correct yeah. one. Okay. Um, then like go up and let your uh, llamas eat for a while and like restore their strength and then go, and it would, you know, it would take a couple of weeks, but like this was just kind of the, the, and that's how goods would get from the highlands to the coast and back up. And so people on the coast had to rely on this a little bit less because they could take advantage of seafood for most of the calories that they needed. Ah, the sea. There's this current that goes along the Pacific Ocean called the Humboldt Current. There's a lot of stuff in South America named after um, Alexander Humboldt. We can get into that in a whole other episode. But effectively, the Humboldt Current brings nutrient-rich, colder waters from the deeper ocean up to the surface. And so it brings a lot of plankton and stuff up to the surface, which leads to a really high density of fish and other things that then eat the fish. So there's a lot of sea life along the Pacific coast of South America because of this Humboldt current. It's why the Pacific Ocean is colder than the Atlantic Ocean. And Mm -hmm. it's why California gets such rich sea life. Yeah, exactly. It goes up everywhere, all up and um, down. Yo, the, I'm looking at pictures of this mountain. You are right. This is a steep ass motherfucker. Holy shit. Yeah. Steep ass mountains, dog. It is fucking like, uh, straight up. <laughs> so the the earliest city in Peru is a city called Corral, which was on the coast. And but I don't know as much about it off the top of my head as I did about Chavine, so I'm not gonna talk about it now. But they would trade seafood and guano, which is a really good fertilizer. But That's it's, bat like, poop. it's like it's uh, like yeah, but uh guano also refers to uh seagull poop. And so there are these like islands out off the coast that where the seagulls would congregate and people would go out in boats and just like scrape up, scrape up seagull poop and use it for fertilizer. And so they would trade that to the people from the highlands and then get potatoes. So wait, is guano just a term for poop? 
It's a specific. It can refer to bat poop and um, seabird poop, from what I know. Only really? seabirds, so, not regular bird poop. So, oh, yeah. Look at that. Guano is, according to the Dictionary of Oxford Languages, the excrement of seabirds and bats. So flying poop, really? Just those it's two just, things. It's flying poop. Well, That's what it is. Well, flying poop, but not like over the ocean. Other kinds of birds. Oh. Flying poop only over the ocean and bats. Well, why? Why is it those? I'm, that's I'm such a flying poop wet. from now on. That's weird. <laughs> someone's like, this is guano, but that's guano, but none, 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 nothing else is guano. It's only the ones over the sea and the ones in these caves. Over the sea. I think it's something about the, I think it's something about the nitrogen content that makes it guano. And the seabirds and bats just have more nitrogen in their poop. See, okay, I'm you keep really coming sure. at me with logic right now, and I don't like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so by this point, by 1200 BC, the main, like, the main staple crops of the area had all been cultivated. Hey, Ash, did you hear that? Yeah. Do you know what that was? Nope. Oh, I think Barnaby got into something. There was just a weird noise. Classic, from I'm not cutting classic, any of this. Classic Barn. We talked about Barn in the last episode, getting into mischief. A, and you're he's like, a no, he's not a mischievous oh, guy. He's a, he's he's a good kid. He's, so he's a good boy. He's from a what good I hear, like, I, I'm, I'm gonna copy. I'm gonna copy and paste when you guys are talking about being a good boy pretty between this. Pretty <laughs> sure he's a good boy. Pretty sure he tried to escape last episode. I'm he pretty did, sure he he's, he's 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 didn't. he's fighting some. He's started a fight club. Oh right yeah, now, a cat fight club. Yeah, watch yeah. out. Born I mean, the cats, might be near the cats you. do fight. I mean, not like for real, well, for real, but like they play fight. It doesn't sound like anything too dangerous happened, so I think it'll be okay. I'll check it when we're done. Hey everyone, Zach here. I just wanted to say that at this point, we accuse this is the point where we accuse Barnaby of making a noise in the house and knocking something over. But actually, I investigated now after we finished recording, and it turns out that Barnaby was fine. He didn't do anything bad because he's perfect. And actually, it was my fault because I did not correctly affix the shower mirror to the wall and the suction cup went loose and it fell. So that was, that it was not Barnaby. He is still perfect. Um, now back to the episode. Hey, everyone. But I'm here with a quick public service announcement. Just here to let you guys know that Barnaby is a criminal and I'm calling the police on him right now. So by this point, all the staple crops have been domesticated. Corn, quinoa, and potatoes are the main crops in the region, and they all showed up between 6,000 and 3,000 BCE. Potatoes were domesticated first locally. Corn was probably traded down from Mexico, maize, and quinoa was last, but not by much. Wait, weren't you talking about something 1,200 or 2,000 BCE? Well, yeah, I'm just talking about how everything had already been domesticated by this point. I'm just okay. giving you a little bit of context. Just a little crumb of context. Um, this is all subject to change with new info, of course. But the one of my favorite theories that I've read is that quinoa was originally cultivated because of llama poop. Llama Quinoa kind of naturally grows all scattered throughout these like fertile valleys uh, in the Andes. And so uh, a fun fact about llamas is that a, a herd of llamas will all poop in the same pile they'll all like share a little poop pile nice so and so, so we do in my house um, that's what we're doing right now yeah yeah i mean i guess I that's mean, kind of really what it, that like is if what you live in a knowledge pile in a one bathroom house you're all poop in the same spot we have we have a place where you're supposed to poop and if you don't poop there it's a problem yeah but the, what's yeah. unique about it is that the entire herd will poop in the same pile yes that's what we do we don't, we don't um, flush in this house gotta conserve water we'll <laughs> until it hits the seat you, you know what they say when it's yellow let it mellow when it's brown mm -hmm. don't flush it down make a pile <laughs> it's brown, it's brown make, a make a pile huddle in a circle and eat quinoa <laughs> this had the advantage of basically concentrating an entire Sorry, valley's that's worth also of when you poop seeds. in a pile with people it's called guano i, I just read that <laughs> okay i made that up this had the the side effects of of Basically concentrating no, the entire valley's worth. 
of yeah. <laughs> all the quinoa will be in one pile, so it makes it easier to get all the quinoa seeds from just pick one valley. Yeah, or it'll start sprouting if you let it long enough. Okay, um, and then I, you can just I, get the seeds off. I ate off quinoa the for dinner last night, and you're making me very uncomfortable. It's delicious. Sorry, quinoa. Who fertilizer? Um, like you just have to deal with that fact of life as a person yeah. who eats food. Moving on, um, back to Chavine de Wantar. We've got when did people live there, but now what did they do there? And the answer is lots of drugs. What? Nice. Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Good so, for them. Chavine de Wantar was located in the middle of a valley in the mountains near an important confluence of rivers, the Mosdan Wancheca rivers. And it was at uh, an important tr- location where you couldn't really travel east-west or west-east without going past it. So it was easy to, con- to kind of funnel people into this area. And it was an important stop for people traveling from you know, one direction to another. And it eventually became an important pilgrimage destination. And so the, it's theorized that this is how Chavin became so important was because people were always walking, like having to travel past it. They would bring goods that they got there to other places and tell people about what they saw there or, you know, the drugs that they did there. What drugs did they do? Uh, we'll get into that in a second. So the valley is warm. Drugs. <laughs> it, the valley is warm. It traps heat and nutrients and soil. So it's a really good farming land. It's a really good spot to set up shop in the mountains because you can grow quinoa and potatoes and herd your llamas there. And so a lot of people are going to be going there naturally. And then you've got psychedelic experiences, the opportunity to talk to an oracle, and you can see how people were attracted to the spot. I want so to talk to an oracle. Think, what do you think that the method for the drugs and oracle was, if you want to speculate wildly? So you said psychedelic, so like maybe mushrooms or licking frogs or something? Uh, eating poop. <laughs> Snort, eating quinoa. Snorting, this snorting is a real stuff. good quinoa. That, that's how good the quinoa was. There. You eat it and you're like, whoa. <laughs> it was hallucinogenic cactus. So San Pedro cactus. They would snort the cactus, basically. They would snort cactus? Yeah. They, <laughs> like, Needles and all, baby. Get it all they like grind there. it up and dry it, and then do it like. How make yourself a little? That make yourself a little cactus powder. Mm-hmm. Go to town. Well, probably what Dude. happened was somebody ate the cactus fruit or something like that, or the meat of the cactus, and then they were like, "This is sick. How can we make it stronger?" And then they experimented for a little while until they figured out the snuff method. Dude, okay, think about this. If he, like people say, if you, why would you ever want to go back in time? There wasn't <laughs> Netflix or anything. Uh, yeah true good good point guy you just who, say uh, i want to huff with. cactus straight but to the dome piece and trip if, out yeah if you're born in this town hell yeah that's the only yeah. thing you're going to be doing for your entire life is just huffing hallucinogenic cactus andrew you might have well, um an addictive addictive personality <laughs> i just want to try new things and that sounds yeah. like a fun thing to try <laughs> Uh, that was always, that's always my like my explanation for when people are talking about you know like really nice architecture or really well carved things and people are always like we can't figure how could they have done this with the tools they had back then it must they have been were aliens. fucking obliterated bro but it's like they they didn't have Netflix or books or like like TV or anything else to do so if you were like a mason you just did masonry. You got your 10,000 hours in by the time you were 14. Yeah. And you're really good at it. You're really, really good at it. And that, Um, that, and you know, you're riding the green cactus the whole time. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So Chavinda Wantar has two connected temples, which are very creatively referred to as the old temple and the new temple. There's a black and white gateway. Yeah. There's a black (laughs) and white gateway, which is a gateway made of. There's an old one and a new one. Yeah. 
there's wait until you hear about why the black and white gateway is called the black oh, and God. white gateway. Let me guess. Be- is it red? Because <laughs> one door is made of well, one stone is made of black limestone, and the other stone is made of white granite, and they have carvings on them the white granite is carved with the male version of an avian deity and the black one is carved with the female version of the same avian deity so there's this sort of dualism thing going on they couldn't change the name based on the deities they're like the black one and the white one not that fucking awesome avian deity Yeah, they look like harpy eagles, I think it is. What? And that's like so cool. One of them's cool. got a dong the, and the, the other the, one's the, got a... The gate of the harpies. <laughs> that sounds so fucking... Like, are you serious? That Black is cool. and... That's pretty tight. I'm upset okay, now. Okay, we're changing it. We're changing it. Its new name is the gate of the harpies. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the, the, fuck, what's that called? Like... What deities like, what's are a cool, they? What, what's a Zach? cooler word for gate? Like... Well, so these... Uh, the, the, the portal. Pool portal. Harpy portal. Portal harpies. Yeah, the harpy portal. There's, um... <laughs> there... Javine is basically so long ago that all of the, these carvings are very enigmatic. Mm. We don't really know. It's all speculation what deities mm. they were or what they represent. They, can, they were on hallucinogenics. They could do whatever the fuck <laughs> they want. It's very related to... Um, remember when uh, in the Vikings episode, Justin was talking about kennings? Yeah, um, kennings. And basically yeah. Like these like metaphors that they would use. That yeah. is studying these is how I first heard about kennings is because there's visual kennings in the, the art sleep of here. the sword or whatever he was talking about. Yeah. The yeah. Seals field. And Shout stuff out like Justin. That. What's up, buddy? There. So there's basically these visual metaphors Fuck Justin. in the <laughs> damn <laughs> where it's like teeth representing cactus needles and um, cactus multiple heads representing various things i don't remember exactly the specifics um there's but there's like these sort of visual allegories that people are still trying to figure out exactly what they mean yeah some some if i know anything about people on drugs just you can't there's no way you just like sometimes shit's just fucking cool and then you just leave it at that Mm -hmm. we, we could call it the the portal through the unknowable divine oh shit that's cool as fuck backslash harpy gate i trademarked it yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so then there's also these circular sunken plazas the biggest of which would probably hold about 100 people then there are uh when it was first discovered by like uh researchers they had these heads um these carved stone heads kind of littered around and they have these like posts that stick out the back that correlate with these holes in the walls of the temples so they were they were basically meant to be put into these holes and kind of like project out from the walls. And they're pretty big. I'd say they're probably about like two feet tall. And oh, wow. if you put that's them in very order, tall. yeah, they're really big. I've got, um, I've got a, a replica one on my desk. That's much smaller. It's like three or four inches. Wait, wait, wait. you put them in order um, that you stick them inside of it. Like what you said with the, the pole. Um, so basically there's like a series of, of holes in the walls and you can, put the stick the pole into the wall and if you put them in order it it will show a human a human figure who then gets a runny nose and then turns into a jaguar okay i think that you're lying to me because everything that you've explained so far sounds like it was on legends of the hidden temple in nickelodeon <laughs> oh what a well, what of the silver monkey together with the stick <laughs> So it was Where do you like think they got the inspiration, these... bro? Uh oh, so the 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 Mayans or whoever these people were got the inspiration from Nickelodeon. How? That's so Jared. cool. Chavine, Chavine and people. Chavine and so 
they're they it's essentially that they were doing these shamanistic rituals there where the shaman would hallucinate that they were a jaguar or something like that uh, oh, some yeah. other sort of animal so, yeah, you're, you're part a of this human, whole religious ritual you're a Rawr. human you snuff a little bit of cactus get a runny nose or a bloody nose and then you are a jaguar man then you turn to a jaguar yeah it's tail, tail yeah. is all this time mm-hmm. that's really interesting because i read a paper a while ago talking about shamanism and like prehistory and they used kind of that same similar thinking thinking that people would because wear um these headdresses and capes that had like deer they were like deer antlers and like deer pelts and they think that they would do drugs hallucinate and then like the shaman would dance and they would turn into the animal that they were wearing that's pretty Mm -hmm. cool so that's all pretty cool and then there's a bunch of other carvings like these like stone slabs that have carvings of people like holding cactuses and running around holding cactuses and doing all sorts of stuff like that. So that's dangerous. Don't run while holding a cactus. Yeah, that's the don't, old school version of running. Don't with tell scissors. me what to do. I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> so the pilgrims would come to the site, they'd get fucked up in the sunken circular plaza, and then they'd go into the old temple to go visit the local deity or the the basically the old temple has a series of stone passageways in it that are effectively a maze or a labyrinth. And at the middle of the passageways is this gigantic carved idol, like this 15-foot-tall stone idol that has like a deity carved into it. So essentially imagine that you get fucked up in this big ritual. You go into a temple, and you're in a very dark passageway. There's pretty much no light. And it's lined with canals. The canals would redirect rainwater. And they've done tests that basically show that when the water is flowing through the canals, it's uh, amplified. The sound is amplified. Um, And it gets super loud and disorienting when you're in there, just being dark with the amplified sound of the rushing water. Mm -hmm. And I was reading a study from one guy who's doing like an experimental thing where he basically just got fucked up and shut off the lights in his bathroom (laughs) and ran the shower. And he was like, after a while, it was pretty nuts. I love experimental archaeology. And then there was um, vents in the tunnels where they would let through smoke. So you're in these dark tunnels. It's super loud. There's smoke. You can barely see anything. So you're fucked up and overwhelmed by sound and smoke. And then you finally make it to the chamber where the oracle is. And so it's this 15-foot carved stone. It's shaped like a wedge. It's called the Lanzon, and it has another cool animal hybrid deity on it that we don't really fully understand. It's got elements of like a caiman. It's got elements of like a jaguar. It's got these cool fangs. It's so I've read some people who suggest that it could be one of the um, uh, South American bears. The is that the spectacle oh, bear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chamber that it was in had an opening in the ceiling that would illuminate the face and potentially allow priests to speak through it, like in the voice of the of the deity. That's so, so like, you'd really... fucking cool. Yeah. So, but that's like what they're tricking people. Yeah, no, or it's all part of the religious like, experience, man. Yeah, it's part of the religious through, experience. He's speaking through though, like he's just like he knows it's not. Well, yeah, he's divine. He's, no divine. he's divine. He's a priest. He's in, he's closer to God than any of us mere mortals. Yeah, so let's just, just go. You're just jealous and do the drugs, and then God will talk to us. Yeah. You know the thing that's jealous. missing, I think, from you're me right. get, getting really into religion is the mass drug use beforehand. <laughs> Dude, right? Like if they if they were all about it, then they would have so many more followers and be way more popular. Yeah. Uh, and then I found out that last year the researchers who were there found even more tunnels underneath the old temple. 
that predate its construction. Oh, so a hidden temple. So yeah, even a I'm hidden temple. I'm sure there's temple. a legend about it. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Nickelodeon. And so as far as I can tell, they're still trying to figure out what those are about. But there's like 22 more tunnels that need oh, to be that's mapped cool. I'll now. Figure, I'll figure it out. Um, Send me there. Oh yeah, you got yeah, it. Yeah, cool. So I visited, I visited this site like 10 years ago and it was amazing. And I got to talk to the people working there. And they let me poke my head into one of the galleries that they had just that they had just uncovered. It was really a phenomenal experience. Hey Zach, Zach, hey Zach, did what? Did you try it? No, I did not. There was no Saint Pedro available for me. You didn't try the cactus. I didn't try the cactus. I didn't. So I didn't really get. Were you? Were you scared? I only got a a partial experience. No, I didn't have any, Mm. and I was with my mom. Hi, mom. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she uh, she probably bogarted it all. Zach's mom. Yeah, yeah. Zach's mom. She she went out after hours, and she's like, "Give me that cactus." Like my my dumb kids with me. I can't do the cactus in front of them. (laughs) I told my idiot little my idiot son that I was out of cactus. All for me. (laughs) I did. I did accidentally scare a child while I was there, though. I was walking around the town, and they just like turned around and saw me. And I didn't really do anything, but I think they they had never seen somebody as tall as me before. Were you making baby noises? And it was just I just saw a look of terror on their face. He said, "I won't hold you. I'm just a little baby." And they're like, "Oh God!" <laughs> they're like, "Jesus, a giant baby!" Run! <laughs> so there's no real like collapse of this site. Like we 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 can't date like a. It's less of a collapse and more of a gradual anything. abandonment. <laughs> and. <laughs> But that um, Chavin as like a cultural complex or like an institution started losing its influence around 200 BCE. So about a thousand years later, and the site was abandoned for uh, quite some time. Um, Eventually, people would come back and re-inhabit it, but they probably didn't use it in the same way. And you can see that like they took some of the blocks and like used them to build new structures. And so the archaeologists have had to figure out which stones came from which parts to recreate how it looked. At like at its peak, then in like the 1800s, there was a war between Peru and Bolivia, and people were like stationed there. And like, there's some, there's also like dead people from then buried on the grounds too. So that's uh, fun. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's not really that fun, but I think that's that war is the reason why uh, Bolivia's navy is in. Uh, Bolivia has a navy, but they don't have any access to the ocean, and so there's just like naval ships in Lake Titicaca. Oh, what? That's <laughs> where where is where, where is this place? Can you say it again in a baby voice? <laughs> Wake Titty Kaka. Oh God! I hate this baby voice thing that you're making me do. The next sites that I want to talk about are Waka del Sol and Waka de la Luna. Sorry, sorry. Waka del Sol and Waka de la Luna. And so, um, Waka is a term that you see a lot when you're studying the ancient Andes. And so, Waka Waka. H- Waka Waka. In in Spanish, it, the the spelling is H U A C A. In Quechua, the spelling is usually W A K A. It's just it's just different spellings. It's still the same word. Um, but essentially, a waka is like a religious object. It could be a temple is a waka. It could be a sacred stone is a rock is a waka. Um, they're basically I'm a waka like, like here, even here. an important <laughs> like. <laughs> and, <laughs> An important religious object could be a waka. It's basically anything that holds religious power. Yeah, and well, it's that's kind why of in like, New York, if um, 
if you piss off a New Yorker, that's religious to them is walking. And it's like, I'm walking here. Like that's, it's <laughs> a waka, you know, that's, it's very important. That's why they yell at you. That's why they thought, you know, that's why they yell yeah. at you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, I'm a waka yeah. in here. Hey, I'm walking here. Hey, 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 hey. Oh yeah. Also the A part too. Hey, gabagool. Like, gabagool. Uh-huh. Waka. Gabagool. It's can a, it's can a, you say gabagool it, in a baby voice? <laughs> a gabagool. Ooh. <laughs> Gaba goo goo gaga. Gaba <laughs> gaga. Why was that so funny? <laughs> oh, man. So. Gaba goo goo gaga. Hell yeah. Gaba goo goo gaga. And wa- ultimately, waka is a very loaded term. It has a lot of cultural meaning that I'm. A what kind of term? Kind of like. Oh, God. Loaded. Just no. Oh, God. No. 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 How did you answer oh, no. that question? No. 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 I'm doing a disservice with the way I'm describing it, but for sure it has a lot of meetings and it means a lot to a lot of people. But anyway, the the, the important thing is that it's a, in this case, it refers to them as monuments. They're a pair of really big pyramids. So they call them the Wakas de Moche as a more, you know, kind of inclusive term of the two of them. And individually, they're Waka del Sol, Waka of the sun and Waka de la Luna of, of the moon. So the, it's it's kind of going back to this sort of like, What's the word that I'm looking for here? By, by duality. Duality. That's the word. That is a a common thing that shows up a lot in Andean cultural contexts. Is this sort of duality? The everything has two sides. The sun and the moon. The man and the woman. The sun and the moon. The man the and the woman. The black and the white. Yeah. You'll see a lot of like objects that are like split gold and silver, things like That's that. That's cool. So. Yeah, it's very cool. So these are um, from the early intermediate period. Um, so this is kind of like the next, the next period. These are made by a group called the Moche, and they were pretty much around from up. I'm going to get some flack for these dates because the dates of the Moche are very argued over. But basically, 100 to 800 CE. These are pretty much right on the coast of Peru. You can see the water from the top of them uh, near a modern day town called Trujillo. There, so they were built by the Moche. The Moche were very complex politically to the point where archaeologists have been studying them for 150 years and still argue over which cities were affiliated with which other cities and how their politics works. But we've, what the general consensus is, I know we can argue, is that they were um, city states with lots and lots of people. They were very densely populated and they were localized to a series of river valleys on the northern coast of Peru. Um, and so this is an intermediate period because while there's a lot of people, they didn't really expand past that area. There's, they interacted with people on the Southern coast. There's artistic, um, there's artistic interchange with like the Nazca who you maybe know from the Nazca lines, but they didn't like expand much to the highlands, but they were super crafty and to the, to the point where they definitely had some sort of like state state sanctioned crafter class or job. Because what you see a lot is mass production and standardization of goods and standardized iconography. And so there's a lot of like sculptural vessels in like the shape of things that are very clearly made with molds. You have representational art. Um, It's a lot more, the art's a lot more straightforward than Chavin. Um, There's not as much abstraction, but at the same time, there's a lot of really complex, like religious iconography that we still really just can't interpret. We just know that like, oh, hey, this looks weird. It's probably a god. They made portraits of people in these like three-dimensional portrait vessels, which I've heard some people say are like the only true form of portraiture in the new world. 
because a lot usually they're very portraits are very stylized or they're like um, relegated to one field of view. But these portraits are so accurate that um, there are certain individuals who we can trace throughout their entire lives. There's one guy who has a scar on his lip that makes him very easy to identify. And you can um, trace his entire life through these portrait vessels from him as like a 12 year old boy to like as a full grown adult and then um, elderly. Wow. Which is pretty crazy. So it's like a graphic novel. Yeah. And then they also made uh, lots of cute animals and plants and stuff in their in their in their art. And so I'm going to ask each of you to describe, I'm going to send you a pic, I'm going to send a picture of a pot. And then I would like you to describe what it is that you're seeing. Uh, Andrew, I'll have you go first. What, what is this? Oh. oh, there's a frog pot. <laughs> it's got, it's so cute. It's pot, but it's also a frog. It's frog pot. Then mm-hmm. the frog has got spots. It's a frog it's pot spotty, with spots. It's, it's, it's spotty frog pot. Spotty frog pot. Spotty frog pot. Looks like he's sitting on a rock or something. Really cute. It's mm-hmm. spotty rock frog pot. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very realistic looking frog sitting on a pot. He's got big eyes. He's really cute. And so the frog is a part of the pot. It's a spotty rock spotty spotty, <laughs> spotty rock frog pot within the pot. So like the pot, it like it goes through him. Mm-hmm. So as as if to be part of him. So it's cute and it's also usable. Yeah. Now this one's for Ash. Ash, uh, tell me what you see here. Body rock frog pot. Oh my goodness. It is a crab with a human head wearing a little hat. And it looks like some jewelry. Maybe the a hat looks nose like it's a leaf. Ring. Yeah, the hat kind of look like, looks like a leaf. And then it's, it's sitting on like a square base. And the crab is incredibly detailed and it also has it spots. And there's some... It looks like he's some... sitting on a block of tofu. Yeah. I see some etching in the brim of the hat, as well as painting on the back of the crab and on the man. Yeah. And, uh, I would call no, this Bo- a spotted, fashionable tofu crab man. Yeah. Pot. It's animal <laughs> style, or it's just a crab body with a dude's head. <laughs> now, Bo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to DM this one to you. <laughs> okay. Oh. oh, I got a message. Hold on. <laughs> oh, God. I wonder who it's from. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> God damn! Why do why do I get this one? So it's obviously. Hey Bo, yeah. could you uh, yeah, could you I'm, could you explain could that you in full detail? I, I would yep. like to know. So there's a spooky looking rock that looks like it has faces, and on top of it, it looks like there's a pillow. And then what's on top of the pillow is a lady being bent over, while a skeleton man looks like he's dropping loads on her. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Bo. So this is. So, oh, that's disgusting. That's so this is how could you say this? Also known as normal Tuesday night pot. So, if you want to go ahead and please, share, it looks like a fancy cup though at the end. But go ahead and please share. Fancy cup. Just go ahead and show them what I have okay. to see. It's <laughs> a lady getting bent over and railed by a skeleton. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, that's, Indeed, uh, it is. So, what did, what did I say was wrong? It kind of looks like it's a chocolate chip cookie ball she's laying on too. <laughs> so the the fun thing about the moche is that they have all of these really cool um representational pots and then they also have just massive incredible amounts of sex pots uh just showing people Ooh. doing sexual acts with each other with themselves and uh, a weird amount of the time with skeletons um something that huh. if you get another look at this you'll see that um if you look at this from another that angle skeleton i will six guarantee pack. you look that, at that skeleton six pack right now i think those are his ribs oh well, yeah, i can guarantee you that if you look at this from another angle you'd be able to tell that the skeleton is 
having sex with her but because skeletons are never shown engaging in reproductive sex Oh, they're only ever getting jerked off, blown, or doing butt yeah, stuff. Yeah, because he's got a boner. <laughs> okay, so where does, there's, there's where does no, it end, though? So, Bo, you were wrong. because So he's not dropping loads because he doesn't oh, do fuck. reproductive stuff. Uh, I'm an idiot. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's, he's dropping just, dust. You know, he, it's just dust it's in just, there. He's <laughs> <laughs> going... <laughs> he's just making that noise. But uh, for, for a couple more conventional ones. Um, that guy's got a dong for a hand. Oh, he's a dong. Well, he's holding his dong in his hand. Hand is dong is. Oh, oh, oh it's Felicio got it. Yeah. But okay, skeletons don't have. This guy's not a skeleton. This guy's not a skeleton, though. Well, this guy's not a skeleton. He just has a fucked up uh, eyebrows or he looks like he got swollen face. That's all he is. That's, oh, that's yeah. that's her stepdad. Is that what you're saying? Your stepbro. Yeah. Okay. Now this is. Oh, see, I can tell. It looks like it's going lower. This one. Okay. Well, the, the, so the, the. Zach? <laughs> You're posting a lot of photos. Stop you're, showing I, his I, sex I, spots. I, He's showing I hope a lot you know, of sex spots. You're going to have to post these on Instagram, mm-hmm. and you're probably going to get us flagged for something. Is this... Okay, well, the, is the, this, the, so the point know, of the is, is that there's a lot... Our chat now is full of just clay <laughs> sex, sex now, right now. Question, is this They're one... all incredibly detailed, though. Really good craftsmanship. Yeah. I'm going to choose my words wisely on this last one. Is this gay sex? Is this what I'm looking at? I don't see a prominent female feature on the person... Laying down. Hey, that's a good observation. I'm gonna I'm go ahead sure. and say yes on that. All one. right. Mm-hmm. All right. Guess I have, a, a, I have a question. All right. So there's also a really good one. Um, if you look at this one on the top right, Jesus there's Christ. a guy with Lucky a very God. prominent God, boner. You gotta stop. And so the, the see, spout, at the beginning the of this podcast, the the I asked penis. you how many pictures you were gonna post on this audio podcast, and you just said a few. This has been one. Two, I know. I'm three, sorry. I got four, enthusiastic. Five, six, seven. Most of which are sex pots. Okay. Well, let me just just describe this. Um, so there's a, a pot in the shape of a man with a very prestigious there's a member. There is there's a spout hole. There's a spout hole at the end of the penis, but multiple spout holes at the top of the pot on the head. Meaning that if you want to pour water out of it, if you tried to pour it out of the head, it would go everywhere, and you, instead you're forced to pour it out of the penis. I love that. Good for them. Huh? Interesting. I was going to ask you if these pots, a lot of them, don't look like they would be easily poured. Like they mm-hmm. were the were these just ceremonial a lot of the time or are they actually used? Yeah, a lot of the time it seems like the spout is just added to make it a pot, like just so that there's there's some like formal value to it being pottery in this way, but like no actual use to it. Gotcha. And so a lot of these are found in like burials and as grave goods. And so the actual cultural context of them is not really understood. Uh, they probably weren't like porn. But probably expressed oh, some sort of. Yeah, I didn't expect probably I didn't expect like expressed some, some sort of cultural podcast, value that we don't yeah. know. Bo's fully oh, bricked I, up right I, now. I, You're I, welcome. I, 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 I got to go eat dinner. I got to go eat dinner with my friends. I'm gonna be all bricked up. It's gonna be weird. Yeah, and he's gonna oh, be God. like, "Hey guys, have you seen these pots? He's gonna pull up these things, and his friends are gonna all bricked up. I'm gonna go see a baby too. That's the weird part of this. Hey Bo. Yes. Some thoughts are inside thoughts. Some thoughts can just stay inside. And you no, don't have pictures to have been inside pictures. <laughs> yeah, well, this is Zach's fault. Not you can't blame me. This is Zach's fault. I absolutely I just wanted can. To, and I, will. I just wanted you to know, surprise Bo with the skeleton sex. Bo is to um, sex pottery play making and and, and pottery. <laughs> you yeah. combine my two favorite and, things within the pottery and sex, and now it's combined. Well, I don't Jesus know what to do with Christ. myself right now. I, first, when you first met Bo, that's the first thing he told you was, "Hi, yeah. my name is Bo," and also, do you have any sex pots? Yeah. No, the first thing yeah. he said was, "Hi, I'm Bo. I'm a liar, not a thief." That's true. He actually did mm-hmm. say that. And now how the roles have changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Big he's th- gonna steal all your sex oh. pots. Big thief. Sec- 
Yeah. Take us away from the sex spots and also delete all of these. <laughs> okay, so I mean, I'm not going to delete them because I have to focus. You can delete them if you want. Anyway, the Wakas de Moche, going back to the, the, the Wakas. So what did they what did they do at these? Big... They had sex on pots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These were so these were probably the capital of this like local city state. And this was where they did like the political stuff. They did their political machinations. Um, it seems like probably I might, I might mess this up. So uh, forgive me if I get the pyramids mixed up, but Waka de la Luna is where they did a lot of the original religious stuff because there's a lot of like leavings of, of like sacrificial rituals and stuff like that. So it's probably that, uh, Waka del Sol is where like the political stuff did. I think that it's the one that has like the, it has the like administrative buildings and stuff. Um, and it was also bigger. So the Moche were a really interesting culture because they had these amazing material complexes and like really ph- phenomenal art. Um, and they made really cool stuff. Like apart from the, the sex pots, their paintings are really like their non-sexual paintings are also really interesting and really well made. But they also had this very martial focus. There is a lot of imagery is of warfare and weapons and stuff like that, like weapons being used as symbols of power. So they're very complex in this way. It, it, it's it's easy to stereotype them as a very violent culture, and I don't want to do that. But also, I want to talk about weird sacrifices, and so, so a lot of their art and iconography makes kind of references to a very complicated religion that was probably very sensible and commonplace to them, but is very hard for us to wrap our heads around because we don't have any of their they they didn't have like written stuff. What we do know is that they did a lot of rituals, and a lot of these rituals involved some kind of human sacrifice. So the, the Wakas de Moche were these, uh, like I said, two big pyramids, um, and they're built of adobe bricks rather than, um, like if you think about like the Egyptian pyramids being made of these big rocks of granite, uh, whereas these ones and a lot of pyramids in this region were made from Sex um, individual s- small adobe bricks. Oh, yeah, adobe they bricks. Just, yeah, adobe Cock bricks. rocks. Basically mud bricks. I can't believe they mud photoshopped those pyramids. That's crazy. Sex bricks. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's where the term brick, uh, bricked up comes from. It makes more all sense. All bricked up. Oh, that's geez. how you build a pyramid. Yes, you got to be all bricked up. Bricked up straight to God. They, these are very, generally speaking, they spend a lot of, they're very dry most of the time. Um, and so the adobe never, you don't have to worry about it deteriorating. So a lot of these adobe structures are still around. And Waka del Sol is the largest adobe structure in the Americas. Uh, and it's estimated that it had 130 million adobe bricks. Wow, that's a lot of bricks. Built over a few different phases of construction. So over time, it's, it's apparent that over time, when like a new ruler inherited the, the polity, they would probably add to it to legitimize their like reign over the people. And so at its height, it was 50 meters tall. Um, so like 180 feet tall. And 340 by 160 meters at the base. Um, and then Waka de la Luna is a little bit smaller. It was only 30 meters tall. Um, so Waka de la Luna is where they did most of the sacrificing. Uh, many different styles of sacrifice, probably for different times of the year or different deities. Dumper chump. What were, which one of these is not a real style of moche sacrifice? Was it cutting someone's throat and drinking the blood? Is it flaying the bodies uh, and removing all the meat and then articulating the skeletons with rope and sticks and turning them into a group of dancers and musicians? Uh, Was it hitting them in the head with a mace and letting black vultures and condors eat the bodies? Or was it raising a jaguar from a cub and then letting it kill you long-term style? You said one of these is fake? One of them is fake. I don't care 
about any of that. I just hope that the Jaguar one is real. Yeah. That's cool. It's like, hey, racist Jaguar, now let it kill you. That's like when you, you plant a tree and you put a rope around it and then eventually you die when it grows up. <laughs> That's hardcore. Yeah, no, I want that that's the one that I made up. That's oh, the one I made up. <laughs> you made it up, Zach? You made that up? Well, Ash made it up when I was asking hey. for help. <laughs> but that's the one that's made up. Gotcha. Ash is always tricking us, dude. You're always tricking us. I know I know what yeah. you guys like now. I can entice you. <laughs> uh there's a lot of knife knife imagery, um, and a lot of like a lot of the depictions of sacrifice scenes have some figure holding a cup. And um, there have been cups found that have been tested for blood residue. And there's like, oh, yeah, there's blood residue in that cup. So that's kind of hardcore in a pretty gross way. The flaying the bodies and articulating the skeletons with ropes and sticks and turning them into a group of dancers and musicians. That is uh, a very a common motif in art. It's called the Dance of the Dead. And um, while it hasn't been like directly found in archaeological context, there have been bones that have been found strung together and like put on poles. So... Mm. With how often it was depicted and like this, it's, it could be real. It's one of those things where I want it to be real. I like to think that it's real. I'm deciding right now that it's real. Yeah. It's like some sort of fucked up Chuck E. Cheese situation. <laughs> yeah. These people are making pots of people boning on them with like skeletons and shit. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. Yeah. 100% real. You can say, yeah, life as a mochi person was a lot, probably a lot of things, but it was probably never boring. They were wild. They were wild. Yeah. And then hitting them in the head with a mace was pretty common. It was like the mace was like the main weapon that they used. They were usually made of hardened wood. Um, So it was like a club sort of, but it was carved in a shape that it's not really a club. It's a mace now. And a lot of the bodies that have been found, they found thousands of bones in Waka de la Luna. And it was, it's pretty clear that they were left out to be eaten by the vultures and condors. And I think that it's probable that that was a part of the like, the that was part of the 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 ritual of it all was like returning the bodies back to to nature um but mm-hmm. so all of the victims were healthy males between the ages of 15 and 40 um with healed skeletal trauma so it's pretty likely that they were captured warriors they weren't just like going around and rounding up virgins or whatever mm-hmm. and so there's a there's a pretty common theory that all of the warfare that is depicted in moche stuff was ritualized and nobody was like going out there intending to kill everyone else but instead um trying to capture people for these like sacrificial ceremonies is that better or worse i don't know the aztecs did something similar um which is better documented just because of the aztecs existing at a time when the spanish came in and they could write about it there's no cultural continuity between the aztecs and the moche just a similar practice um less of a downer there's amazing art on the walls really great friezes painted depictions of warriors and priests and like spiders and stuff over white backgrounds i was there when they found a new one it was pretty rad the moche collapsed between like 550 and 700, not as a sudden thing, but it took a while. Uh, some parts were abandoned before others. The last thing to say is that when the Spanish showed up in the 1600s, they diverted. The, they saw that there was a bunch of gold and cool stuff inside the pyramids, and so they diverted a river to blast out the middle of the pyramid so they could uh, t- take treasures out of it. And and that's fucked up. Damn. And that's it. That's that's. Forget dynamite. I'm using the power of water. Where we'll stop because Bo has to leave. And it definitely wasn't distracting that you guys were sending me gifts telling me to stop. <laughs> I couldn't just stop. I had other things to finish. Bo needs to leave for a dinner in two minutes. So go ahead. You know what? That was a fun episode. I had a good time. My favorite thing that I learned was... Bo, tell us how your favorite thing was the sex pods. Oh, it was sex pods? Yeah, it was sex pods. Sex cactuses. Let's go. Or drug cactuses. Sex cacti. I liked that the Indies, <laughs> I didn't really know what they, they looked like. So it's cool that they're all super straight up and cool stuff. But other than that, sex pods all the way. Let's go. Uh, yeah. My favorite thing was the talking to the Oracle ritual. And 
and I wish that I could do it. You can. Nothing's stopping yeah. you yet. I mean, I yeah. have yeah. to go there. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, I want to do, I want to do crab, uh, cactus drugs. Oh, I want to do cactus yeah. drugs and then talk to God. Could you imagine doing a podcast bad. on cactus drugs? Fuck. Oh, that's just what we should do breathing. when we're all together for your wedding, Andrew. Is we'll all <laughs> we just, get fucked we up on San Pedro cactus and record a podcast episode. Oh, my God. Whoa, whoa, oh what's God. that? Holy crap, oh my God. Oh, fuck you guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, All right, guys, check us out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Get Dumped On, an Infodump podcast. Please follow us on the socials, Get Dumped On Pod on Instagram. Send us an email at Get Dumped On at podcast. What? That's not what it is. <laughs> get, dumped, get, get Dumped On at gmail.com. Um, get Dumped On Podcast. Get dumped on, oh, gosh. Get, I don't even know our own email. I made the email and Dear I don't Lord. know it. Uh, thank you so much Just for listening. We're, we're all really happy because you're rushing us. That you're here, and we have to go because Bo has to go. And we will pick this up for a part two, two of Cool Sites in the Andes at a later date. So yeah. thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. I love you. Oh, good thing I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be bricked up for dinner no more. Let's go. Thanks, Bye-bye. Zach, for talking Bye-bye. to Bye-bye. you later. Ash and Zach are super smart. They went to college and learned a bunch of stuff. And Bo and Andrew didn't go to college because that's the way life goes sometimes. What happens when you put them together and you try to make them learn? Grab your friends. Let's listen together on Get Dumped On and Info Dump Podcast. Yeah, I was hoping that all the talk of murder and sacrifice would. It, it's gone. You. It's gone. I'm flasted as shit oh, right now. Yeah. Oh, murder really Give takes the wind out of the sails. I'm glad it does, though. Hop a bar, hop a bar, hop a bar, hop a bar.